0: has been really crazy. So I'm really excited to see what the next one has in store. Um, And you know, Mozzie, you're so sweet for making me this um, cake. It looks delicious. of course. It's my pleasure. I made it for organic wheat flour. It's totally healthy. It has all the great. As we would all love to hear the new alternative products that you've used in the cake. Why don't we blow out the candles? and then we can actually eat the cake. Okay, Michelle, close your eyes. Think about the past year and the year to come, and think about what you want, hmm. what you really, really want. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and it is great to see so many faces. It's a good Sunday in church when you have to pull out extra row of chairs. That's what every pastor and preacher looks forward to, so it's great to see so many people. It's been a while since we've been at church together. We celebrated. It seems like, we've, it seems like Christmas has come twice since the last time we met together, doesn't it? Okay, it's great to have everyone back. We're kicking off a new series today called Wanderlost. but before I get into the series and explain what does Wanderlust mean, I want to tell you, this series is going to be different than usual series here at The Well. Usually, you are used to coming to church, we're all used to coming to church, and kind of being passively acted upon. We like to come to church, hear a message that kind of inspires us, and makes us feel good, or whatever it may be, and then we kind of feel good for a little bit, and then that, that's it. Well, I'm going to tell you, in this series, is going to be different than most series that I preach, Because all that I'm going to do in this series here is not really answer any questions. I'm actually only going to ask questions. And I'm going to ask you to be the one to answer them. I'm not going to tell you, as as Joe mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about what is it that we want. Okay, we're going to talk about what we want out of life, what we want out of this year. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you that I'm not really going to answer the question. I'm not going to tell you what you want out of life. I'm just going to ask you when you get there, are you sure? And are you really, really sure that that's what you really want? So here's how this series is going to work. I'm going to be throwing out seeds, and I'm going to be planting all kinds of questions, but I'm asking you to come up with the answer. Every week, at the bottom of your handout, you should see it right now, Okay, at the bottom of your handout will be four to five questions. And those four to five questions are actually the most important part of the series. What I'm telling you up here, as fantastic as it's going to be, is not where the real fruit is going to come. It's going to come when you take those questions home, and you hopefully do two things with those questions. One, you wrestle with them, and you go a little bit out of your comfort zone and try to answer them and try to be honest and maybe step outside of of questions you may not want to ask yourself. And then number two, if you really want to hit the jackpot, you discuss it. When you go out to lunch together with your group of friends, say, hey, remember when uh, Father Anthony said, well, I thought this. And when you're with your family together at dinner time, is that you turn it not just from something that is acted upon us in a passive way, but something that we are active participants in. And if you do that, I'm telling you, We're going to talk about some big things in this series things that can change the trajectory of one's life we're going to ask questions like where is it that you're going what is it that you want out of life and if you do it the right way okay and you answer the questions and you wrestle with it i'm telling you some good stuff can come out of it but that's on you welcome to a series called wanderlust first thing when you see this title begs the question what's wanderlust it's a play on the word wanderlust you ever heard of the word wanderlust? Y'all ever heard of it? Okay, anyone have it? Wanderlust? Anyone? Okay, what wanderlust is, y'all can help me um, in case I say this wrong, is basically someone who is lusting to wander. Meaning someone who is not satisfied where they are. It's just, you know what, like, I just need to travel. I just need to go somewhere. Like, I kind of got cabin fever. And it kind of implies somebody who is like searching for meaning or purpose in life or the age old finding myself. That's what wander lust is. It's somebody who is not satisfied or comfortable with where they are, wander lust. So they are lusting to wander and go find themselves. That's not the name of this series. This series is wander lost, not wander lust. Because I don't think, here's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I don't think our problem is that we aren't looking. I think our problem is that we think we've found it. And what I'm going to propose, the question is, is that not that everyone here today is searching and lusting for meaning and purpose in life, but what I'm going to pose the question is, is most people think they probably found something. They found a direction. They found kind of where my life is supposed to be headed. And what I'm going to ask you is, are you sure? That's going to be the theme of my, uh, every week I'm saying the same, are you sure? Because what I propose is that we're not lust of wandering. We may be wandering, but we may be lost while doing so. Because you know the worst thing? We're going to talk about New Year. We're going to talk about goals. I'm all for that stuff. I'm not against it. Anyone who knows me, I love to set my New Year goals. I love the plan. I love to check boxes. Anyone who knows me, love, I love a good checkbox. You find an empty checkbox, will start checking. Like, that's the best thing. But you realize that you can plan, dream, work your tail off, and still end up nowhere. It's like being the fastest guy to climb the ladder on the wrong building. Uh, you can spend all year with your goals and your charts and your plans and your wishes and your dreams and your prayers and get to the top of that ladder and realize, "Uh oh, I'm on the wrong building. And that's what this series is all about. So with that, let's start off the series by me asking you a simple question. My question is this, what do you want? What do you want? I tell you, here we are, January 2018. Hopefully, we're standing here in January 2019 what is it you want out of this year? What is it you want out of the next month? What is it you want in your career? What does you want in your relationship? I don't think that I say, what do you want? I don't think anybody's like, you know, I never thought about that. <laughs> I think everyone could come up with a list. And as big a piece of paper as I give you, you could probably fill it up. Someone who just graduated college may be saying, hoping for a job. I want a job. Someone who is working to say, I want a promotion. Some people say, 2018, this year I want to get in a relationship. Some people, married people, say this is the year I want to get out of it. <laughs> but everybody wants something. We want kids. We want to fix a relationship that's broken. We want to change this habit. Everybody wants something, and no one has a shortage of things that they want when it comes to this new year. But did you know? I am a magician. You may not know this, okay? But those who are here on New Year saw my, my great magic act, okay? So I'm a magician. So I know what you want that you didn't say you want. I know something that you want. I actually know four things that you want that I bet you didn't write on your list. Four things. First thing, you may not have said this, but the truth is you want your way. You want your way. You may not say it in those words. You may have said it in different kind of language, but the truth is what you want is what you want. You want your way at home. You want your way at work. You even want your way in your relationship with God. You want to be in control of the situation. But here's the problem. Parents, you all know this one. Parents, we get this one. Is that the more we insist on our way, oftentimes we get in the way of what we really want. For example, my youngest daughter, my only daughter, who is my youngest, when she was probably, I think she was probably three years old at the time. We were on a vacation down in the Bahamas. We were there for a wedding. And during that time, you know, we're hanging out, we're fun, we're gonna do all kinds of fun stuff. We're gonna take one of those banana boats, okay? Okay, you've you never seen a priest on a banana boat? It happens all the time, okay? It's, yeah. <laughs> Mixed right in the blend, the yellow brings out, accentuates. So we're gonna take a banana boat, and she was the most excited. We're gonna take a banana boat, we take a banana boat. She wanted a whole banana boat. Okay, but in order to take the banana boat, you have to wear this life jacket. I don't wanna wear a life jacket, but you gotta wear the life jacket, take the banana boat. No, I want the banana boat. She's going to wear the life jacket. I don't want the life jacket. They can't have the banana boat. And we, those many people, there was was a wedding and a lot of people were there. We were a scene on the beach, okay, kicking and screaming and dragging. We had to drag her away because she wanted the banana boat, but she didn't want the life jacket. Well, here's the thing is your wanting or not wanting in this situation. The life jacket got in the way of what you really wanted, banana boat. And I'm telling you, it's not just toddlers we all have a story we all have a story hopefully it's a story of somebody else but it's probably our own story of when we wanted something so badly that we end up getting in the way of what we really wanted when we pushed our way through i'm going to find my way to get this i'm going to get that promotion whether matter i'm going to i'm going to do i'm going to get in this relationship but i'm going to keep it and i'm going to go around and go under or go left or go right and i'm going to find a way to get what i want and doing so i got in the way Of what I really want. Second thing you may not realize. We want to do what we want to do. Don't we? We want to do what we want to do. So yeah, I want that relationship. But I want that relationship under my terms. I don't want you to want that. I want to do what I want to do in my relationship. I want that job. But I want that job to interfere with my lifestyle. Like I want what I want in the way that I want it. Here's the problem. If we always do what we want to do, we may end up where we don't want to be. And I'll give you an illustration, and I'll tell you right off the bat. I'm gonna give you a parenting illustration. And I'm giving you right off the bat: this is probably a horrible way to raise your children. And I'm not saying this is good parenting advice, but it is a really, really good example for this point. So I'm gonna use it. As a parent, parents. Okay, your parents-to-be. Kids are great. We love them. They're great. They do all kinds of great stuff. One of the bad features about kids is they ask a lot of questions. And this is just something that kids do. So if you are not a patient person, you're ready to have a kid, get ready. Because they will try your patience with questions. questions, And that's just how they are. Kids like to know, you know, where does the sun go at night? That's a great question. I don't know. That's why. <laughs> kids like to ask, where do babies come from? Kids like to ask, how does Santa Claus fit down the chimney and then go back up? Kids like to ask, my kids always ask this question, where does the Halloween candy go when we're at school and you're at home? I don't know, you know what I mean? Like mysteries of life. Kids like to ask questions. (laughs) But there's one question in particular that I don't like, that I very, very, very much don't like. And that is, do I have to? I hate that question. Go clean your room. Do I have to? Put on your coat. Do I have to? Eat your vegetables. Do I have to? I hate the do I have to. And the reason why I hate it is because I'm not a screamer. Alright? I know I scream up here, but I'm not like a scream at my kids. like a, I'm the father. You, I'm not at that guy. I am a mutual respect kind of a guy. As I even said it this morning. I think if you treat your children like prisoners, they act like prisoners. If you treat them like like animals, they act like animals. If you treat them with respect, they act with respect. That's the way we do it in my house. I don't like to scream. I don't like to say I'm the dad. I don't like to say you have to. I don't like that. I, I tell you what's best. And then you respond because you trust me. I found a solution for the do I have to question. I found a solution. Parents, listen closely. You won't read this in any parenting book, and you probably read the exact opposite, but again, it's a good illustration. The answer to the question, do I have to, came to me two weeks ago or three weeks ago as I was driving to prison. (laughs) You like where this is going. (laughs) Once you are approximately above this tall, no one can make you do anything. This is your response to your children. Once you're above this tall, you know what? You can lie there on the floor and not go to school. I cannot make you. No, you do not have to. I cannot make you go to school. You don't have to eat the vegetables. I will not open your mouth and shove them down there. No one will make you, will force you to have to do it. No one will force you to brush your teeth. No one can make you do anything. However, if there's an adult... And that adult chooses to do what they want to do, not what they're supposed to do. I cannot make them do what they want to do. What can I do? I can stop them from doing other things. That's what's called prison. And explain to your children that prison is for people who don't want to do, to say, do I have to? And your answer is no. You don't have to ever do anything. You don't never have to do anything. But if you continue to choose to not do what you're supposed to do and do just what you want to do, there may come a point in time where your options and choices in life are limited for example maybe you've made a choice to start a business and that is severely limiting your options for the rest of your life you chose a career path you can do what you want to do no one can stop you but that choice may limit other options you could choose to accept an apology or refuse the apology but i guarantee you what you want to do in that situation will affect the rest of your future, you would either open a door of possibilities for your future or limit them. I'm not telling you what to do. But every time you say, I don't want to do, I have to, no one will make you do anything. But realize that if you always do what you want to do, you may end up where you don't want to be. Third lesson, or third thing that you want. You didn't write this, because you would never write this in church. But the truth is we want perpetual pleasure. We want pleasure. Now, you know, I was going to, you choose another word instead of pleasure. Because as soon as I say pleasure, everyone automatically thinks of, yeah, binging on Father Anthony's sermons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I didn't want to, you know, or we think of sex. One of those two. But the truth of the matter is there's different kinds of pleasure. So I'm not saying pleasure in a negative way. Like some pleasures are negative. Drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be. Yeah, there can be negative pleasure, but there can be positive pleasures. Relaxing is a pleasure. Uh, 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 Golf is a pleasure for some people. All right. Uh, 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 A hammock is a pleasure. Like I'm not saying all kinds of pleasure are bad. But what I'm saying is what you wrote on your list of what I want, I bet you some of it is entailing I want to be happy and I want pleasure. Well, here's the thing. And listen carefully to this one. The younger you are, the less likely you are to know this. And the older you are, the more you are to confirm, you will confirm exactly what I'm saying is true because it's 100% true. Is that eventually, eventually, pleasure controls us and becomes unpleasurable. Is it possible to get too much of a good thing? Absolutely. And every one of us, again, has a story, has a story of something that started off as no big deal. Just having fun just kicking back just relaxing and any kind of pleasure over time eventually controls us not we control it and it becomes unpleasurable true story of a guy named Chris Forster anyone ever heard of Chris Forster sports fans okay football fans Chris Forster okay Chris Forster is a former coach of the Washington Redskins way back in the day, uh, assistant coach. And more recently, he was coaching the Miami Dolphins last year. And he got himself in a little bit of trouble. He was uh, videotaped snorting cocaine in the facilities of the, the Dolphins, a the professional football team. And the person who put that video online was his mistress. Okay, So he was cheating on his wife and kids, okay, and he was snorting cocaine. And then the lady got whatever, and she put it online, okay, whatever. And of course, obviously he got fired, okay? His wife left him and the kids and, you know, he lost everything, lost everything. Checked himself into a rehab and he just got out, I think, last week. And I was just driving the other day and I heard on the radio that he came out and did an interview, okay? And in that interview, he says that the video, listen carefully, the video that got him in all that trouble, the video that caused him to lose his, 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 his career and his family and everything in his life, He said that was an answer to prayer. How could that be an answer to prayer? I quote right here what he says. He says, I was at the point where I was just praying, God, I want this stuff out. Here's a guy, he's a 55-year-old man, who is voluntarily cheating on his wife, voluntarily snorting cocaine. No one's got a gun to his head. But he is saying exactly what I'm saying right here. That pleasure, whatever may start pleasurable, eventually it controls you and it becomes unpleasurable. I'm praying, get this stuff out of my life and he couldn't do it. He's saying, uh, I'm just praying, God, I want this stuff out. Not like this, of course, but I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to use anymore, meaning use drugs. And sure enough, two weeks later, the video came out. So you can say it's divine intervention. It wasn't the way I saw everything leaving my life like that but I knew it was coming at 55 years old. Listen carefully. I just couldn't do this anymore. What's that? That's an example of a pleasure gone bad. A pleasure that became in control, became my master, became unpleasurable, which is the inevitable end of all pleasure. So so far, let's recap. We said in 2018, I want my way. But we said, be careful. You get your way. You may get in the way. Second, we said, I want to do what I want to do. And we said, that's great. You're allowed to do this the United States of America. No one, can, no one can make you do what you don't want to do. But we can stop you from doing other things. And that's what happens when you always do what you want to do. Third, we said we want perpetual pleasure. And I'm telling you that it comes a point in time where pleasure becomes unpleasurable. And then the fourth one. The fourth one is this. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want, but I want it now. What is it you want? I don't know, but I want it right now whatever you want or I want, I want it right now. I don't even know what it is, but I want it right now. I don't want to wait for it any longer. This one's an easy one. If I asked you for a story, I don't even need to tell a story. I could just bring you all up here one by one. Tell me a story of something that you wanted, 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 wanted. So badly, right now. Then you got it. Then you said, oh. We all have stories things that we wanted, and then we later realized was the worst thing for us. If you haven't realized this, you know when you will realize it? It's called high school reunion. Because you walk into that high school reunion, and you remember the girl that you wanted, or the guy that was just so cool, and that you wanted. And then you walk in, and you see this big, fat, ugly guy who's got more hair here than here. And he walks up to you, and he knows your name. And you're like, excuse me, I beg your pardon. And then he says his name. And then you're like, did you steal that person's name tag? Because you clearly, then you have to find something to say. So you say, Man, you've really matured since high school. <laughs> high school reunions teach us to be thankful for the prayers that don't get answered. Because the lesson is this: later is longer than now. Later is longer than now. And what we want now, great. But later is longer. So I'm going to aim for later. And what I want later, more than what I want now. Let's talk about a serious subject. Everyone in life has regrets. I hate to bring up regrets, because I hate to bring in your mind things that cause pain. And I know, as soon as I say, name the thing that you regret most in life, I know that brings a lot of pain, so I'm hesitant to say it, but it's the truth of life every regret, every regret begins the same way. How? It begins with I want now and it ends with I wish I could go back and not want now. Every regret I want this now and it ends with I wish I could go back and not have wanted that. I wish I could not have wanted to go on a date with that guy. I wish I could not have wanted to go to that party. I wish I could not have wanted that promotion that ruined my family. I wish I could not have wanted this big house that took away my financial security for life. I wish I could go back and not want now and instead say I want later, but it's too late. I wrote this question in your handout, something to think about. Is there any chance? Think about this really, because again, I'm just asking questions. I didn't tell you nothing. I didn't give you any information today, but just think about this. Just think about this. Please just think about this. Is there any chance that what I really want, that what I really want future is being undermined by what, by what I want now. Is there any chance that what I really want future, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now is being undermined by what I want now? For example, <clears throat> is there any chance that what I really want a godly husband, a godly wife, a godly marriage, live old together, or grow old together, and just, like, is there any chance that that, what I really want, that godly marriage, is being undermined and destroyed by what I want to solve my loneliness this Friday night? Is there any chance that what I want for this Friday is working indirectly against what I want for the rest of my life? Is there any chance that what I want for my family is being undermined by what I want for my career this year? Is there any chance that what I want is destroying and killing what I really want. C.S. Lewis, famous author. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Great Divorce. Anybody read The Great Divorce? Okay. Very few people have ever read The Great Divorce. A lot of people read C.S. Lewis. He wrote this book called The Great Divorce, which is a horrible title. Because it has nothing to do with divorce. And why would anyone want to read a book about a great divorce? Like it just, it has nothing to do with divorce. Okay, so he, he wasn't as clever with his titles as we are, but that's what he called it. In this book, C.S. Lewis, by the way, did not grow up Christian, grew up atheist. So he didn't grow up in Sunday school and like read the passages of the Bible. So he's got a lot of ideas that are a little bit outside the box, which make us a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. But he's just speaking like he didn't grow up with the picture of the devil and hell with like the little red pitchfork, like poking at, you know what I mean? with The fire and brimstone. So he, in this book, Great Divorce, describes what hell is like. Not theologically, but just his experience with life. And he lived through the the Second World War, so he saw a lot of bad stuff. C.S. Lewis, what is hell? This is his definition of hell. Hell is a place where everyone gets exactly what they want just by thinking about it. Hell is a place where everyone gets everything they want just by thinking about it. And you're thinking to yourself, you mean like my dream? Like everything I want in life, like H-E-A-V-E-N, heaven, like that's heaven. Like he must have got his like places mixed up. Maybe it was like, you know, times minus one. Like that, that's heaven where I can just get whatever I want by thinking about it. No, according to C.S. Lewis, that's hell. And he describes this city when he talks about hell as a place where nobody gets along with anybody. Everyone hates everyone. You know why? Because you don't need anyone. I don't need anything for anything. As soon as I want something, I get it. And as soon as you want something, which is against what I want, you get it. So I hate you and you hate me. And he talks about this city, talks about hell as a city, which is this huge place where people are just constantly going away from one another. No one gets along with anyone because hell is his mind where you get everything that you want the second you think of it. His point and mine is this want thing is a little bit tricky. Now, thankfully for us, the scripture speaks to this topic. And we're going to look at a passage from James chapter 4. And in James chapter 4, God gives us insight into how we should approach this whole want thing. And he says the following. James chapter 4, verse 1. He says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you. James asks this question. He's saying, where does the drama come from in your life? Like, let's be honest. You got drama. Where's it come from? Where's the hurt come from? Where's like the disappointment? Like where's all the problem in life? What is the source of it? And he says, let's be honest. You know what the source is? The source of your problems, source of all of our problems, is what you want. And the problem is that you want something, and you want it, and you want it, and you don't get it, so you fight. Or even worse, you do get it. He doesn't even say whether you get it or don't get it. But he says the problem is what you want. You want it so badly that it ends up spilling out and destroying the rest of your life. Inside all of us, there's a war of desires, a war of wants. I want to be treated a certain way. I want to be respected a certain way. I want to live a certain way. I want someone to call me. what I, I want, I want, I want, I want. And if you are not careful with all these wants inside you, they will spill out and destroy your life. So here's what I'm going to give you a little challenge, give you a little exercise. I will right, we'll have some fun with this. Next time you're in a fight, not a fight like an argument, okay? Next time you're in an argument, you're arguing with someone. You're annoyed. They're annoyed. You're kind of going back and forth. You're married. This is probably by lunchtime. Like whatever. okay? Like whenever you're like going back and forth and it seems to be going nowhere and you want to say like, you want to get to the bottom of it. Here, I'll get to the bottom of every argument. Do you say the following and this will solve every argument. Not solve, but at least explain every argument. You say the following. You lift your finger up like this because okay, this means you're serious, okay? You say, you want to know what the problem is? You want to know what the problem is? The problem is I'm not getting what I want. never said that before, did you? The reason we're fighting, the problem is that I'm not getting what I want. Let's practice it together. Everyone raise their finger like this, okay? That's very nice, okay? I don't know why everyone's pointing. Don't point at your husband. Okay, just lift it up, okay? We're gonna point at ourselves. The fingers just automatically start pointing to the husbands for some reason or why. Repeat after me. Do you know what the problem is? Now, come on, say it like you mean it. What we that's how you fight. You, you fight like that. Say, excuse me, honey, do you know what the problem No. Like you mean it, like it's dinner time, okay? Like he just came home from work and he's still sitting on the couch. Come on, do it the right way. Do you know what the problem is? I'm not getting, I'm not getting, what, I want. I'm not getting what I want. Do you know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. It's fun, isn't it? Every argument. Now look, I didn't say That it's bad to want anything. I'm not saying that. You may be justified in your want, but that's the source. You wanted something and you didn't get it. James goes on, verse two. He says, you desire, but do not have. So you kill. Now, hold on. Let's pause the story. Hey, we may fight at home. We ain't never kill anybody. We thought about it. I saw a lot of nodding when I said thought about it. <laughs> 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 All right. Maybe a different topic for next week, but. but we never kill anybody, do we? Well, I bet you, think about it, you've seen somebody want a family to death. Want a marriage to death. Not meaning they want the marriage. Meaning like, I want this. And I I need this, and this needs to change. You can't do that. And I want, and I want, and I want, and I want, until finally the guy said, that's it, I'm out. Or finally the lady said, I can't take it anymore. You've seen people want a career down the toilet. The career is there, but I wanted this. Here's an easy one. Political aspirations get wanted out of existence all the time. You got it all going for you. But you wanted and you wanted and you wanted and you wanted something to death. You wanted a relationship to death because you had to have it your way. You had to insist that it be done your way. And you may not kill. But you may be killing in a different kind of a way. James says this thing is tricky. That's what James again. I'm not telling you anything new. I'm telling you what James is saying right here. This wanting thing is tricky. So be careful what you want for. You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Covet is a word, which you probably don't use in your day-to-day language, okay, but it's like a Bible word, which means you pursue. And you pursue to the point of almost obsess. Like, I want this so bad. I want this so bad. I want that promotion. I'll step over whatever it takes. I want this, you know, I want a house. Okay, like we gotta have a house. We can't live. It. We gotta have a big house, and I want that house, and I want that house. You covet and you desire, but you don't get it, so you quarrel and you fight. Here's the problem with coveting. Problem with coveting. Once you've coveted, you lost, either, whether you get it or don't get it, because when you covet something so badly and you want it so badly, then either a, you will not get it and you'll be disappointed, or even worse you will get it and be disappointed why this is the guy or the girl it could be either way who thinks that once i get married all the problems go away you coveted it so badly and then you got it and you will quickly realize marriage didn't solve the problems it just beginning you wanted that house so badly you wanted that promotion so badly and then you finally got it once you got it you realize it wasn't what you thought it would be so you end up worse than your first state once you've started to covet, it's over before it's even begun. And then you end up like one of those people, again, who we've all seen. You've all seen it. I've seen it. I see it, unfortunately, all too common, which is part of my profession that I have, that you find someone at the end of their life, and all of a sudden, that person at the end of their life, all of a sudden, everything becomes clear. There's a moment of clarity, and all of a sudden, all the things that I had wanted, and wanted, and wanted, and wanted, and wanted, all of a sudden, becomes clear what really mattered the most. Now, Like, then it's too late, but now it's not too late. We can do something about it. He goes on. Next verse. He says, You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on what you get. uh, You spend what you get on your pleasures. So, first thing he says is, You ask, I'm sorry, you do not have because you do not ask God. And some of you are saying, Yeah, I don't ask God because he's going to say no. Okay, why would I ask God for this? God's going to surely say no. Which right off the bat says there's a problem with what you're asking. Right off the bat says you may be wanting the wrong thing. If you were embarrassed to ask God because you know he's going to say no, that's a bad sign. Other people would say, I did ask. And God let me down. I did ask. And God didn't come through for me. And I say what James says. James like responds. He says, you do not ask because you do not have because you do not ask. But when you do ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives. I want to pause the story right here. With wrong motives. If you look in different biblical translations, this expression, with wrong motives, you will find as many biblical translations define this word differently. Because it's a weird word that doesn't have a good, simple, easy translation. So everyone kind of defines it a little bit different way. If I were to give you the literal of what this word means, it literally means, okay, I'll read it like it's a little clunky, but it's what it means. You do not receive because you ask badly or you ask wrongly. It's saying that the way you ask, no good. Asking is good, but the way you're asking, no good. Think of it this way. Think of it if I go to my children and I say, you know what, Friday night, family night. And I say, you get to choose what we do. That's what we do in our house. We do family night on Fridays. We rotate who gets to choose. Who wants a video game night? Like everyone can choose whatever they want. When it's their turn, they choose whatever they want. So let's say my son says, okay, for my family night, I would like to loot and pillage the city of Arlington. I'd say, okay, you have asked wrongly. Like I cannot say, hey, that's a great idea. I cannot say, you know what? You know, you said it, so I I can't say that because you asked wrongly. Because is that what you really want? Like, you want to loot and pillage on a Friday night. sounds like fun. But is that what you really want? Like, you want jail time at age 10? Like, is that what you really want to put on that high school resume? Like, I know what you really want. You don't know what you really want. You're just asking for what you want, but I know what you really want. So I'm not going to give it you want. So I want you to get what you really want. And you'll thank me later when you understand what I just said. Think about this. Any chance that you not getting what you want is saving your life right now? Right now. That what you are not getting, that you want. Any chance that's like the best thing that ever happened to you? That you will one day look back and say, you know what? Thank you, God. Hey, we all were young. We were all in high school someday. And we were all in college. And we remember what we wanted. And we look back today. And I'll be the first one to say, I thank God that he didn't give me everything I wanted. Because I wouldn't be here today if I had everything that I wanted. I'm actually thankful that he didn't give me stuff that I wanted. What are the chances that you not getting what you want is the best thing that ever happened for you? That's why today my topic is not how to get what you want. My topic is, are you sure that's what you want? You know what you want. And you wanted me to tell you how to get what you want. I'm not telling you how to get what you want. I'm just gonna raise a question. Are you sure that's what you want? You think you'll be saying you want that? Like in five years, like that date, you think five years from now, you'd be looking back and say, I'm glad I wanted that date. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. You sure you want to sign that lease? You sure you want to finance that whatever? Like, are you sure? Like 10 years from now, you can look back and say, I'm glad I wanted that. This one thing is tricky. This one thing is tricky. As I wrap up right here, I got good news for you. I got two pieces of good news. for you. First, like I said, I can't tell you what you want. And I can't tell you what you really, really want out of life, but I can tell you where to find it. The scripture points us in the right direction and he tells us the place to find what you really, really, really want is a place that we seldom go. But it's a place that I'm going to invite you over the next four weeks to go. And that's inside. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Now when he, being Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. Translate that. What are they asking? When do I get what I want? Because the kingdom of God, for them, they didn't understand it the way we understood it. They mean, when do we get what we want? When do we get our prayer answered? I want this, all this, this bad stuff to end. When does all this stuff end? When do we get what we want? He answered them and said, the kingdom of God, a.k.a. what you want, does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here, or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. That thing that you want is not really what you want. The thing that you, that you think is the solution, that's out there. See, our problem is, you know what our problem is? I'm going to challenge you, like I said, take some time to do the questions. Take some time to discuss. To see what it is that you really want. See where it is you really want to be. You know our problem? Our problem is we get tempted by what's available and we fall for what's out there versus taking the time to think, what do we really want? And you spend your whole life and never achieve all that's available. Is that what you want? What you really want? Jesus says, the thing that you want is inside. and That's where we're going to go in this series. We're going to discover what we value. We're going to discover, not just what we value, what, God, what does God value? We're going to discover, we're going to ask ourselves questions like, who would God made me to be? Who did God create me to be? And to, what did he create me to do? And we're going to look at questions like that. But again, I can't do it for you, only you can do it. But I will guide you in this direction. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 tells us where that search inside begins. Proverbs nine ten: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. If I give you a new gadget, a new toy, there's two ways you can figure out how to use that toy. All right, and this, probably, this is probably some kind of psychological study where you can analyze the way people open boxes that they don't know what is inside. There is the open, rip, throw stuff, and start playing with the buttons. And just start pushing stuff and testing it out and figuring it out as you go along, which is quick, it's easy, and it gets you up and running real quick but you're probably going to miss some of the nuances. And then there's the approach that I like, which is slow and steady. I'm a directions reader guy. I like even read like the warnings on the front because you never know when something could explode if you stick in the wrong place. Like I'm that guy. Because I always feel like the person who created this thing knows its features better than I do. So I want to see what does he think it's used for? What does he think is the best way to use it? I know I'm kind of anal about those things, but that's how I am. When it comes to this, my life, 2018, next five years, 10 years, 20 years, there's two ways you can approach it. You can just start pushing the buttons. Hey, I'm gonna do this, and I think I'm this, and I think this is the answer, and I think I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, it's a career, no, it's a house, oh, it's this boy, it's that girl. Oh, yeah. And you can do that. And it's quick, it's easy, it takes very little effort. But I bet you missed some of the nuances. Or what you can do, which is what I recommend, is you go to the Maker. And that's what this verse is saying, Solomon is saying. You wanna understand, you gotta go to the one who made. You want wisdom about like where this life is headed, you gotta go to the Maker. Because you cannot know your value, your purpose. You cannot know what it is that 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 makes you you apart from the one who made you. And my fear is you get a new toy, you start pushing the buttons without reading the directions, there's gonna come a point in time where you say, you know what? This thing doesn't do anything. This is boring. Not knowing that there's a whole bunch of features that you left untouched because you didn't read the instructions. This series, <clears throat> this series, is all about something that I always say. I always, 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 always say it. I'm going to say it again because I just think it's so important. This series is not about what God wants from us, but what God wants for us. This series is not about what God wants from you in 2018. Get your life in order in 2018. Get yourself fixed. This is not about any of that. What this is about is that what God's dream for your years, for your 10 years, for your 50 years, for the rest of your life, and this is what God is dreaming for you, And there's an expression that's a sports expression, hopefully it makes sense, is you're leaving it on the table. This is, I don't want to get to the end of 2018 and leave it on the table. I don't want to leave the good stuff that God has in store on the table. I don't want God to have planned all this stuff, but I wasted it because I was chasing this stuff. You know, these days, we are still celebrating Christmas. You know, y'all have heard the expression 12 days of Christmas, okay? No one understands what that really means. We all think that 12 days of Christmas means the 12 days before Christmas. You know, and the true love gave to me, whatever it may be. The true meaning of 12 days of Christmas is not the 12 days before Christmas, but the 12 days after Christmas. And that's a church thing. From back in the day, kind of like for Easter, we celebrate for 50 days. Christmas is a 12-day celebration, which goes, like, if you go from, if you go, because okay, so we're January 7th, and when we celebrate Christmas. Go 12 days later, and you get to January 19th, which is the Feast of Epiphany, when Christ was baptized. And the same thing if you're on the other calendar, December 25th to January 6th. Okay, the 12 days of Christmas is that after Christmas, we spend 12 days celebrating the incarnation when God became man. And you know why? It's for exactly this. God didn't become man to tell us what he wants from us. He became man to tell us what he wants for us. And everywhere Jesus went, he was not telling people, God wants this from you, and God wants this from you, and God needs you to do this. Everywhere he went, he says, y'all are missing out on God's plan for you. And this is what God wants for you. And there's so much better out there. Samaritan woman, I got better for you. The key is I got better for you. Disciples, come follow me and I'll show you some good stuff. And I think he's saying the same thing to us. Don't approach us as a series of what does God need from me. Approach us as a series of what does God want for me. My job over these next few weeks is to help you. I'll do my part. I'll be here every Sunday. I'll be preaching. I'm gonna get myself sweaty and I'll get worked up just like I do every week. But in the end, I ain't gonna do anything unless you take home those questions you spend some time wrestling a little bit but not just what do I want, but what do I really want? What do we really want? And then you hopefully take some time to discuss that. And I pray that God will do his part in revealing to you what it is that you really want out of life. Let's stand together for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your glorious incarnation into this world. For not just leaving us down here, Lord, but seeing us poor and you coming down to make us rich. I pray, Lord, that this year, all of its goals and aspirations and plans and whatever, all that stuff, Lord, we submit it in front of you. And we pray that during this time you can help us to dig deep inside and see not just what we want, but what we really want. And even more importantly, what you really want for us. Pray you'd open some eyes during this series. Pray that you'd open some, soften some hearts, and that we'd finish this time, Lord, and have a, have clarity. Not wait till it's too late, but have clarity now, when we can do something about it. About what we really want out of life. We ask these things in the mighty name of Your Son Jesus Christ, the prayers of all of Your saints. Here, as we pray, thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.